Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts, James Nagus and Drew Phillips. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Complete Musician Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, James. And I'm Drew. And thanks for joining us again. We are now on episode seven. Already seven. Wow, we've already got seven. Yeah, so I'm the host today. Uh, I apologize for my voice. I just finished three lecture classes in a row, so I sound like I've got intense laryngitis, but I promise I'm okay. (laughs) So forgive me if my voice cracks or I sound sick or something. That's Uh, no good. So uh, today I decided to kind of go back to the roots of our podcast when we decided to make it. And, you know, we we think about being complete musicians, but, you know, what does that mean? And I think we've hinted on it before, but one of the things that's really important and the topic of what I want to talk about today is marketability and the opportunities that are associated with different kinds of marketabilities that you can have as a musician. Mm. Yeah, making yourself well-versed across the many arms of music and making it for employers to be like, yeah, this guy can do this and this and this. We want him, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, because we know that to, as musicians, like our playing, first and foremost, has to be excellent. We have to be superior at our instrument. That's a given. Uh, but that's we know that's not the only thing that you can be good at in today's job climate. You've got to you've got to have other interests. You've got to have other things that you specialize in to differentiate yourself from the rest of the crowd. Um, so, I was thinking, what does set us aside from others in our job field? Um, and I came up with some ideas about some things that if someone was looking to be more marketable, they're not just looking to be a horn player. Uh, or they're looking to maybe even find their own niche in the world, like what other things they can do and what other avenues that they can take to uh, to appear different than uh, other people around them. I think that sounds great. And I think um, one thing, I mean, we're horn players, so we specialize and we can talk from our experience on horn, but I'm sure a lot of what we're going to talk about applies to any instrument or any musician, period, whether you're a instrumentalist or even a theorist or a musicologist, I think the the principles probably still apply. I think so too. Uh, So I was going to focus in this, uh, the first, I was going to focus on musical kind of things first and then branch out into non-musical things that you can use to to make yourself more marketable. Awesome. Um, So the first thing I thought, obviously, I guess because of us is being a composer and composition. Mm-hmm. Um, we have set ourselves aside, at least you and I, as writing music, original music for some people, and, and we've had some success with that. Um, and uh, not a lot of people are doing that, or at least not a lot of people I know are getting a lot of their stuff played, right? And like, Especially not as nationally or as internationally as you are, right? You've had quite a bit of premieres, both nationally and internationally. Yeah, I, I've been fortunate over the last several years to have a lot of my pieces played. And, um, you know, for whatever reasons that happen, I think uh, one of the things that contributed towards that is, um, well, writing music that was accessible for a lot of people and just writing a lot of stuff and having a lot of music, not just one piece, but I think, you know, writing in general for every, even just thinking about part writing for every 100, you know, disaster T- draft pieces you have you might get one good one 
And that composition, uh, you're right. You just had to start it. You just had to do it and just have so much output because so many people don't start because we know they're, it's, it's scary um, to, and overwhelming to come up with the ideas of what to do. Uh, but once you start, it just keeps rolling and suddenly you have a lot of output and you start gaining more experience. And following some of our other podcasts on composition specifically, um, you can better manage and limit the way you you can do it so that writing becomes like you said more accessible not only for yourself doing it but for the people you're writing for well and i don't know about you but when i started writing it it certainly wasn't because i was like oh well one day i want to be more well-versed in music no so i'm gonna (laughs) start this now no it's because we i think we both started doing it it's because we enjoy it and it's fun and a lot of people probably don't enjoy it, at least initially because well they haven't done it right or they've only tried just a little bit they've only dipped their big toe in the cold water instead of just jumping in yep. um and once you do it, it it does get more fun and um i mean gosh we could talk about just and, and we have the use other uses of composition through pedagogy and through um other uses but I don't think we have enough time to even get back into those today. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, composition is just one of those avenues that you could take. Obviously, starting is the is the best thing to do if that's even something you're interested in. Um, but it's definitely something that, that can set you apart if that's something you're interested in. Um, another thing that I think sets people apart other than just being great players is being great teachers. Um, and I think... Uh, for us, at least, it really helps that we've had experience uh, because we both got our bachelor's in music education. Uh, that gave us a lot of teaching experience, and we've also had experience and sought out uh, places that we can teach others um, in, in many different venues. Yeah, and I, you get the argument a lot for um, strictly performance majors or soloists. Well, all I'm going to do is be a soloist or I'm just going to play in an orchestra. I don't need to teach. And to them, I say, I have never encountered a professional musician who is not also taught at some point in their life. It's just, it happens. They have to realize that if you're going to be great, someone's going to want to learn from you. Right. And, you know, we go through school and we take lessons and people go to master classes and they spend a lot of money learning from these people. Um, now, you're not always going to be in that room with that teacher. So why not make yourself a teacher so you can help yourself get better outside of the lessons where you're primarily, that's majority of your practice time. Absolutely. And getting better at teaching and getting that experience uh, just opens up so many more doorways for you. I think if as a teacher, you, in my opinion, you become a better musician because you learn how to self-diagnose your own problems by diagnosing others. Uh, and it also gives you a much better relation to people, which people skills we know in this industry are just so important and paramount. Right. Being a good person is one of the <laughs> critical points of success. Right. And uh, teaching opportunities, obviously, uh, you don't need to be, if you're just looking for experience at that, um, I think it's important for young musicians to have that opportunity. Um, or anyone, uh, you can always seek those out by finding people uh, who want to take lessons from you. And I mean, anything, I mean, little kids, especially, uh, I've worked with, with beginning band in middle school uh, before, and those kids are so hungry for knowledge that 
all you you don't have to know much to help them out and that's some of the best experience but uh teaching at like i said little kids um who are just starting band for the first time um on like i said specifically the horn but it could be anything it absolutely could be any instrument um trying to find uh places where you can teach like maybe summer camps those kind of experiences it doesn't have to be specifically music actually just the act of teaching is in itself invaluable and and trust us the first times when you start teaching and even maybe after you've been doing it for many 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 years you will learn more from teaching your students than sometimes you feel you even teach your students it's an ongoing process and no one's a great teacher when they start that is so true but just doing it helps. Absolutely. Um, so the next thing I thought about, another avenue that you could take to differentiate yourself, and you know more about this than I do, is technological knowledge. Um, I'm thinking that in with like music production, um, recording, and maybe even audio engineering. I know you've had experience in those kind of things. Yeah, it's, um, you know, technology and music, it just it's been opening up so many doors, both in terms of uh, the fact that one can essentially, you can produce, record, edit a whole CD of yourself, and then you can put it on iTunes or burn CDs all yourself. Uh, And that's, in the grand scope of things, a relatively kind of recent trend. Uh, And in terms of uh, composition side of things, I mean, technology has, for me, opened up a ton of different doors through the use of MIDI technology and music notation. I mean, um, programs like Finale and Sibelius, it takes your, whether it's whatever you're writing, or even assignments, um, analysis, it takes it to the next level by making it something that's presentable and something that looks professional. And that's huge. Um, so, yeah, and, and I know you, you've had a lot of experience with that. And I think from myself, who... I'll be honest, I'm not 100% tech savvy, not like you are, um, since you're the one who puts these things together, and I would probably just burn <laughs> a building down. Um, I I wish I had that, that knowledge. Maybe it's something I'll look into um, in the future, because I'd love to know more, but having those skills of not just being able to uh, engineer some audio to a really high level or record professionally or any kind of music production skills, uh, that absolutely sets you apart and can make you invaluable, like I said, to other musicians who want to work with you and want your help. And there actually are complete degree programs. I mean, here at um, University of Central Missouri, we have a music tech degree, and it's fantastic. And they learn, you know, Max MSP and recording things. And a lot of the um, the students go on to do audio work for major pop artists or recording for, you know, in big studios and because um, this is the direction that a lot of the industry is going and so we as educators and we as musicians have to keep up liberty does the same thing and i know there's a major here that you know puts students exactly where you were talking um but that stuff i think is is really important and can really make you marketable to to a lot of people and give you the tools to also make yourself just look better in your portfolio and just across the board absolutely um the next area i thought uh about this is instrumental repair um i think you i think you and i can name just so many great horn players who are fantastic musicians but they've really made their living as repairmen and helping out other players 
Um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of like Ken Pope. I mean, that he's huge, especially in the horn world. And he's not only a, a great player, but he's a, he's a fantastic repairman and has his own business, right? Yeah, and there's a lot of people in, you know, Scott Bacon over at Siegfried's Call yep. and Jan Ballou who are these horn players, but also master technicians and craftsmen and uh, people who, at least in our horn world, are um, really working to try to even advance the horn and make horn playing easier. And um, that's an invaluable part of music industry. And I think for you as an individual, if you're looking to incorporate some of these things, um, there are many kind of job shadow opportunities or, um, you know, even if you're just getting your instrument repaired uh, by a master repairman, just see if you can watch and see what he does, see she he, she does, and take some notes and um, learn some tips and tricks. And real quick before we go on, just a quick word from our unofficial sponsor. Hey, dude. Hey, bro. Where are you chilling at this weekend? I'm going to Spit, Drip, and Slip Water Park for brass players in somewhere California. Tubular! Yeah, bro, I can't wait to ride the Loogie Hawker. I like chillaxing in the drool pool, but don't worry, bro, it's just condensation. But are you brave enough to go on the backwash burner? It leaves a gnarly taste in your mouth. Whoa! I'll see you there, bro. Totally. Spit Drip and Slip Water Park is not affiliated with anyone or anything ever and does not actually exist and is not an official sponsor of the Complete Musicians Podcast. Yeah. Um, another area, uh, I'm just jumping around here because I feel like there's so many different areas. Um, another thing that I know sets us aside specifically is that we have a, a major secondary instrument skill. Now, uh, for us, I would call that piano. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, also, um, I thought you were a kazoo. Oh well, I read a bio somewhere where you were a kazoo player. I well, I mean, I did to the age of three. Yeah, something like that. Someone wrote a biography like that for me. Maybe I'll dig that up one day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think we both play piano to a, an ability that we can accompany. And I think that's a major draw for people. We, at least as teachers, can accompany our students. And I know we've both accompanied at different workshops and recital, too. Right. I, for me, I played piano at these regional and international horn workshops, uh, at least three or four of them before I even played horn at one of them. So that says a lot right there, I think. And I think if people are looking for someone who's a well-rounded and complete musician, uh, I think the fact that you have this expertise and this knowledge and a certain level of prowess on another instrument um, just makes you able to reach a wider range of students and provide a different kind of outlet of knowledge for those students. I think that's absolutely correct. Um, so uh, not saying that you have to be great in piano um, if someone's trying to be more marketable, but there are other instruments you can be. I mean, there are so many people I think we know that are great on all of the brass instruments um, or maybe have some, uh, maybe have like string knowledge or something um, that, uh, that can make them uh, just, again, more marketable um, and able to reach more students. We say, you know, marketable, uh, and I think I just want to make sure that we kind of define that in a little bit. I think a lot of the way that we're thinking of is especially the academia-type careers. 
because the reality is is that with universities and schools having reducing budgets and smaller faculties people are going to have to double triple quadruple dip and the more you can do and the more especially you say you can do assuming you actually can do it um, that's what makes you marketable the fact that you are able to be utilized for a number of different facets and that segues perfectly into what i'm going to say next which is you can have uh, other musical disciplines knowledge uh, such as music theory music history conducting uh, for both of us i know that we both teach not only horn and i teach trumpet but i also teach uh, musicianship or ear training oral skills kind of classes i've taught music theory uh, and, and those those are skills that I introduced when I applied for this job that they absolutely grabbed onto and were really interested about. And I know that's the same for you in the classes you're teaching. Right. Yeah, I'm currently doing an ear training class. Uh, I've devised an ear training class for Kendall Betts Horn Camp. And um, I mean, this semester I was asked to do a, a introduction to rock and roll class, which I had never done before. But Which horn players are so suited to doing. I know we just have a natural tendency towards rock and roll, <laughs> um, but because of what I've done up to this point and the kind of well-rounded or attempt at well-rounded in terms of history, musicology in these areas, it was something that I was able to put together and kind of understand. Okay, this is what I'll need to do to be comprehensive in this regard and, and make it work. And because of like some of my background, and I have a little bit of some some conducting going on, nothing major, but when I was out in San Francisco and I was assistant director of the the music festival out there with the the Bay Brass, um, I I read led uh, ensemble rehearsals with the youth uh, the youth brass ensemble. And that gave me the confidence to not only use some of my education degrees of, of running rehearsal, but feel comfortable really uh, handling a, a group of brass players. And so when I introduced that on my job application here and, and said that that's something I'm really comfortable doing, um, they were really excited about it and helped me form my brass ensemble that's starting this year. Um, so those kind of things, like you said, make me more, and it's, it's marketability. I think it's like being wanted. Um, the more you can do, the more that people are want going to want to take away from you because you're not just, uh, you know, a, a jack of all trades. Um, we don't want to be just kind of mediocre at one or two things, but some of these things that we can do, um, that we have all this experience in, we can do really excellently too. And it's really a case of the more you know, the more you know, and more is better. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, one of the other aspects too is we're obviously we're focusing, focusing a lot on learning for our own individual's sake. But if we take a step back and think, well, what's one of the end goals here working with students? Say you're working, in the case of the horn world, working on a Mozart concerto. It's like, okay, great. So you're working on the notes, the phrasing. Fantastic. Okay, now how does this piece fit within the cultural context of when it was written? Okay, now how does this piece work from a theoretical standpoint? What are the cadences? When is it evaded? Okay, and you're already on such a more uh, a deeper level of understanding that's going to probably be a lot more meaningful. So those are a lot of the, the musical skills that you can have that apply directly to our job field. Uh, I also wanted to talk a little bit about some non-musical, uh, other kind of 
other disciplinary knowledge that you can gain that can also make you a, a more well-rounded person. Um, I'm thinking, and we kind of already touched on it. Um, if you got some some training in running your own business, or uh, maybe even getting taking some classes if you're in school, taking some classes um, in the business. Uh, area where you are that can help you in case you're thinking of like opening up a music store or a private lessons business or working in some kind of music publishing company or opening your own music publishing company a business background is really fantastic Mm -hmm. i mean i know i could personally use a little more work on marketing specifically me too i know that would help me so me too um another disciplinary uh, or discipline that i think is really opening up especially now with the newest Uh, advances in technology is the science area and especially and specifically thinking of like neurology um i took a course in grad school called music in the brain and it had so many different tests and case studies that gathered quantitative research um for music's association with the brain and how it made us feel and uh kind of what it affected um and I mean, there are tons of books written on it too, but that's really taking off too. So if there was knowledge in that, man, that could open up a whole nother like job field or even research that you could accomplish things that aren't even discovered yet. And music therapy in general is just a fantastic, fantastic area. And there's a lot of work and research being done in the power of music, um, not just in daily lives, but for uh, a number of different ailments and recovery processes and um, I think, yeah, the, I, I want to learn more about that. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm not smart enough to be a scientist or neurologist, but, you know, knowing a little bit more would be kind of neat. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and then another discipline um, is the English side of things, maybe like writing. I mean, I think it's really necessary. If you apply for a job, you have to be able to write because you have to write a cover letter. You have to uh, make sure that you communicate well with the people you're applying for. But uh, and maybe even journalism, um, because I know for you and I, we're taking over that those columns in the horn call. So we have to have a a writing background that's a legible, you know, and uh B is not illiterate. So we have to be able to convey ideas. That'll help. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have to be able to convey ideas and write well to get, you know, what we want to across. But writing is a huge skill that can put you ahead in the music world, I think. And again, in, in terms of the realm of academia, uh, publishing is a very encouraged and a large portion of people's work, uh, especially those who are, I guess I'll say, non-creative based <laughs> Um, I don't mean that in a negative way, but a lot of research-based areas, that's what their output is. That's what their creative work is, is the writing part. Um, and I mean, we do composition, which is publishing, but having that other uh, arrow in your quiver is a good thing. So those are just some of the ideas I came up with, um, both musical and non-musical. Um like you said, making uh, making yourself as wanted as possible, able to do as many things excellently as you can, uh, so that people will will want to to learn from you and learn all of these things from you. Right, and the last one I'll kind of throw in there is once you have all of these aspects, now it's your job to put that out there. So that last step is getting some knowledge in. Um, social media and web development and websites 
and representing yourself in that regard. You know, and I, and that could be a whole nother episode yeah, too. I think it probably will yeah. be. Um, and if, if you're a musician that you're playing is excellent and you're looking for a way to diversify yourself, uh, I remember an exercise, James, that you did when you did a presentation or a masterclass at UNCG oh, that yeah. you made this the studio of horn players um, get into groups, think about their favorite kind of things or something they're really interested in and come up with some kind of job that could involve both of those, finding their own niche and maybe some idea that's yet to take off. Um, maybe some that are not so good, but it could form a job that hasn't or, or some kind of market that hasn't even been tapped into yet by combining yeah. really different kinds of subjects. In this case, and it's a simple activity that you too can do at home. It's just combine your hobby or more specifically your non-music related hobby. It doesn't have to be, but it kind of helps just to be different. And music. So say you enjoy sailing and you enjoy music combine sailing with music maybe there's a new way to have speakers on a boat maybe there's a certain type of music that invokes sailing i don't know i mean it's the the sky is the limit but try to come up with something that's never done that you are the sole expert on the day that uh james and i can figure out how to combine both halo mountain dew taco bell and the (laughs) horn will be a glorious day indeed I think it's all the first three, and then the horn aspect is not practicing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, those are some of my ideas on marketability um, and things associated with it and opportunities, but that's all i got for today. And that'll wrap up our episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Please uh, go subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on iTunes at The Complete Musician. Uh, You can email us at koromotohorn at gmail.com. Send us all thoughts and ideas about things you'd like us to talk about. Or just, you know, say hello. We like to hear from people every once in a while. And remember, as Julius Caesar once said, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me thrice, It's the percussionist's fault.